Hi there, this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. Okay, I'll admit it. I've actually always kind of enjoyed mowing the lawn. Granted, my enjoyment of the task makes little or no difference. The job has to be done, and often. The grass in our yard, especially during these summer months, seems to grow at an alarming rate. And so in order not to be overrun with your garden variety, New Hampshire flora and fauna, at least once a week and sometimes twice, you'll find the lawnmower and me pacing back and forth across the plot of land that surrounds the church parsonage. Which, by the way, I figured out a couple of years ago, constitutes over two miles of walking every time I mow the grass, which is not bad for a relatively small yard. I also used to keep track of how many times each year I have to mow the lawn, but I've long since lost count. But I can tell you that I've done this any number of times, in all manner of weather, often fighting against encroaching darkness, and usually, this being New England after all, amongst swarms of black flies, which is to say the job's not always pleasant nor easy. But like I said before, I do kind of enjoy it. There is, after all, a simple biblical pleasure to be found in making the rough places smooth, like Isaiah said. That is, working to make the yard neat and trim, if only temporarily. Moreover, I get to soak in the sunshine as it filters through the maples that surround the property and and I breathe in the unmistakable aroma of freshly mown grass. Glorious reminder that though it's unpredictable and occasionally it takes us dear sweet time in getting here, God's order of creation does prevail and summer comes to New England in all its glory. Most of all, however, over the years I've found that this time spent mowing has also been for me prime time to think, to reflect, and after a fashion to pray. Often, when I'm mowing, I think about what I've managed to accomplish that day, kind of create a mental checklist of what else needs to be done. And being a pastor, yes, I do think about church a lot, kind of an occupational hazard. I mull over the text for next Sunday's sermon. I consider things I'd love to see happen in the life of the congregation. And I end up reflecting on the joys and the challenges of, of the ministry we share together. But I also think a lot about my family. I consider the many blessings Lisa and I have known through the years of the amazing ways our children's lives are now starting to unfold now that they're grown. I think about the many possibilities that exist for us all is inevitably the future approaches. And in and through all of these fleeting thoughts, lingering questions, and moments of thanksgiving, as I'm mowing, I do find myself thinking about God. Granted, it's not exactly what the Old Testament writer was talking about when he said, seek the Lord and his strength, seek his presence continually. But it does work for me. I do find God there, all to the worrying accompaniment of a mower engine. About 400 years ago, there lived a Catholic monk by the name of Brother Lawrence, who lived and worked as a cook as a, at a Carmelite monastery in Paris, France. He was born Nicholas Herman, but 
he is known as Brother Lawrence, as I said before, and he's well remembered for his thoughts on living a life of intimacy with God, a spiritual discipline that was developed over countless hours spent in the kitchen preparing meals for the other brothers in the order. It is said that all throughout the day, Brother Lawrence would purposely and purposefully speak aloud to God, speaking to him about all that was happening around him in the monastery, the the events of his day-to-day life, his work uh, at that monastery, and the joy he found in his calling to the monastic life. He'd also talk to God about the concerns that troubled him deeply. He referred to this spiritual discipline as practicing the presence of God, believing that in order to know God better, one needed to envision God's presence wherever one happens to be or in the midst of whatever one is doing in the business of life and living. Brother Lawrence taught that when we are aware of God's presence with us all through the day, in that knowledge we can actually be praying at all times and in many ways. Oh, that we could all adopt such a practice as our own. So often we do succumb to the notion that God only lives in that white clapboard church where we go to visit him once a week on a Sunday morning. Not to discount God's presence in our worship, for that is profoundly true and real again and again. But still, I ask, how many times do we fail to acknowledge that God, in fact, bursts forth from the doors of sanctuaries and is to be found sitting at our kitchen tables or or around the boardroom table, standing with us on the sidelines at a grandchild's soccer game or joining us in the laughter and tears of a wedding ceremony or at the grieving at a funeral service, or marveling right along with us in the utter masterpiece of a summer sunset at the lake. What would happen if in every manner of our life and living, the sum and substance of our joys and sorrows, what would happen if we were to walk and act as though God were right there beside us the whole way, which God in truth is. If we were to practice that presence, chances are we'd start to see all things in a new light. That words spoken and decisions made would come about a a whole less, lot less casually. That even the smallest moments of joy and insight would be savored rather than tossed aside in pursuit of what's coming next. No longer would we go through our days as though we're all alone in the world, but our lives would be lived in relationship with the divine. Life, all of life, every bit of it, would be lived in the act and attitude of prayer and worship. Now I know that kind of spiritual discipline probably seems like a tall order, especially when there's still weed whacking to be done, when supper needs to be put on the stove and There's dishes left in the sink. But it does seem to me a good place as any to start. And of course, God's already there, waiting. Well, that's it for another installment of Love to Tell the Story. I'm Michael Lowry. I thank you for listening. And if you happen to be listening to this podcast for the first time, I would encourage you to subscribe now so that you can hear future installments as they're recorded. We usually have them online about twice a week. Also, I'd love to hear your comments about this project as we move forward. So until next time, 
May God bless you with a great day. Talk to you soon.